a very short story that all of you know about me. Because you see, if you don't get that, and maybe you are hearing me for the first time, or you have been here for the first time, you'll be like, what are the Buddha up to? What's wrong with them? Why are they carrying this spirituality thing on their head? I didn't know overdoing it. I used to be there. Oh. And the first person I used to have that bitterness against was my mother. Ah, just when you, you want to watch a movie or do something interesting, she just say, evening prayer, evening prayer time, evening prayer time. You're like, oh God, oh God. Where, from whence comes such? And it's as if God is to plan it. Just that time, you just start. Don't say Warner Brothers producing. You know this. She just came evening prayer, that evening devotion. <laughs> and deep inside of me, I'm like, Sha, you're my mother. So we all go out angrily. She will start with that first song. Ancient uh, of this, as old as you are. Oh, behind my, I am my brother. As old as you are, you will never change. Who is like unto thee? Oh, Lord. We are just waiting. See, five minutes is like ten years. Then she will shift from that and I start speaking in tongues. Right now, let's begin to thank God for all he has done for us. She will now switch to tongues. Hey, that's that one. Tongues. I hated it, to be honest. I'm not trying to form something to you. I hated it. She was like, I'm saying, hey, God. We will not pray. We will just be quiet. Or we will be praying. Open your mouth and pray. And that was my experience for donkey years. I was in church. And you saw me those days. I looked so sanctimonious. You even call me a pastor. Become a man of God. But as I began to grow, it, it moved from just being uninterested to, to dislike. Then it started turning into hatred. So I'll be in church, somebody's preaching, somebody, and maybe they pray for somebody and that person falls and I say, see this, those are all deceiving ourselves. Say, me, I know they fall. Then one day, I believe it was God in 2005. One day, I just said, okay. You have no interest in this, right? Why won't you just take the Bible, read it, and after five years, Born your own copy of the Bible and never believe. So in 2005, I made a bargain with myself and myself that I will read the Bible. Now, somebody's wondering, ah, why did you start thinking like that? No, my father was a pastor, he was a missionary. He was assassinated on the mission field. So there was this part of me that was like, God, no try. Do you understand? I said, God, no try. This man was serving you, he just killed him like that. So that was where the hatred was staring from. So I started reading. And reading. And reading. And I'm reading. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you something? The people that don't serve God, the issue is that they don't know God. If your eyes see Jesus, he's beautiful. I was talking to my son, spiritually now in Germany. He was telling me, <laughs> he's about to, he's so, he has this special ministration to preach somewhere in Germany today. Pastor Victor, he was telling me, he said, they call us for parties. They call us. He said, I have no interest in anything. I don't know how, to, he said, how will I be in a party? I have no interest. I, I have no desire to be any other place. Just to do this thing. This thing of God is the only thing that's catching my interest. I say, you do, you do all right. First of all, from reading the Bible, it began to dawn on me. Nobody told me, but just by reading that Bible, after a while, it's not only because I saw a verse or two that said I'm a sinner. I just started knowing that there is something wrong with me. I'm a sinner. And then I was not really a bad person. Are you with me? You couldn't really say I was a fornicator, a smoker, a alcoholic. No. But I knew inside of me, I'm a sinner. Deep inside, I knew I needed help. And so, when the conviction was so much, I prayed, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, the generous prayer. I went to church, the court for what I call, I went out. The next Sunday, I went out again. I went out again to the usher, I said, don't come again. Don't come again. Go to foundation school. So I went to foundation school. That's what they call maturity class, those basics. So I went. It was about new creation, realities, first class, second class, I've forgotten the topic. Third class, I know it was the Holy Spirit and tongues. I can never forget. And the pastor, God bless him, late Pastor Bonnie, he came to us. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Holy Ghost came, and they all spoke in tongues. Right now, the Holy Ghost came upon you. You were praying in tongues. Oh yeah, start. Later on this one, somebody fell, I was praying in tongues. I said, not me. Sir, this is the wrong candidate. Don't even come here. Pray about this one. This one pray this one. I said, ah, are they faking this thing or what? He got to me. Laid hands, fire. Laid, laid, laid. He went to another person. They brought another person to me. That Pastor Joseph. Brought it to me. Oh, there is something special about you. Open your mouth and pray. After a while, I began to feel like I was hearing tongues in my head. So I said, it's not because everybody is bringing tongues now. It's in an gathered and under my head. Uh, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. <laughs> so he said, as if he knew, he said, right now it's beginning to come to you. It's in your mind. Pray it out. So I said, so that this man, they will leave me in peace. Because they had already pressed my head, pressed my head. So they will leave me in peace. He said, yes, that's it. That's it. Mama, I said, that's what... <laughs> Hey. But he told me something I'll never forget. So when you go back, continue. So I went back home and continued. After like a week, I started feeling differently. When I pray in that tongues for five, ten minutes, it's like something. This kind of calm feeling. So I said, okay, let me continue. By this time now, it's 2006. So I continued praying like that and reading the Bible like that. One day after doing this thing for like two months, thereabouts, I finished that prayer, read my Bible to do my... That time, I was very sincere. My prayer is 15 minutes. If I pray more than 15 minutes, I will change the world. 
15 minutes prayer, 15 minutes reading of the Bible, and I'm done. So I was done with my praying. So I read the Bible first that day. Then I moved through my praying. And while closing the prayer, Father, I just thank you because I prayed in tongues. What I would do is repeat it. I'll pray in tongues like that for 15 minutes and end. So I was about to end, and I heard a voice. This voice was not outside. It was inside. As if it's my, it was me talking to me, but it was clear. Tomorrow, then I joined the choir. It was part of the requirements. Now, you have done with school, join the choir. Say, tomorrow, Mrs. Ufot will call you and will give you a solo to take. That's all. I said, ah, I'm, I'm, I did play with myself here. I said, if this thing does not happen, then I know it's me. If it happens, it's God. I just ended like that. And lo and behold, it was a Friday, Saturday, went for rehearsal. She just walked. Every one of us were waiting for her. So we'll do opening prayer. Somebody will share the word. We'll wait for our music director. She just walked in. I said, eh, where is that Ufoma? Where is that boy? Come out. You are taking solo tomorrow. I was like, eh? Wait a minute. So, the guy that spoke to me was God. Okay. So I led the solo. That one passed. The next week, and another thing came like that. This one, go to somewhere and preach. You meet someone. His name is, he didn't tell me his name. He's dressed on red t-shirt. I got there, saw the young man on red t-shirt. Preached to him, got him saved, brought him to church. I cannot forget his name. I can. Oh, next week, another instruction. At some point, when I want to form the instruction, I'll hear the wrong thing. Romans chapter 17. I'll open, there is no Romans 17. I'll say, okay, that's me. That's me, that's me, that's me. That's me. And I continued. Then one day, it came again. This time around, no voice. I just knew. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anybody say, do this. I just knew that I was supposed to go to my school and preach. Are you with me? I was in SS1 now. Got to school. We had finished, no secondary school students. Now you, you are done with the exams. They will be playing around in school. So I just gathered them. I said, God said I should preach. So we're four that gathered. But when I said God said I should preach, there was one guy, Tuka, he had been trying to preach to me before that time. He said, You preach. <laughs> he has a child. He attended, he used to attend the life then. So he said, You're not the one supposed to be preaching to me. It's us that's supposed to be preaching to you. Because we know you. <laughs> I said, No, I, I want to preach. He said, Okay. So I preached to them about all I knew was holiness, repent. The fire is real, you know. That's what I thought was the gospel. So I preached that. So I knew that and I knew the Holy Spirit. So, so now I'm going to pray for you. You receive the Holy Spirit and you pray in tongues. Or your first person come out. Only to hold the person's hand. This person f- fell on the ground. Hey, I've not seen this one. So when I was still on the ground, I went to the second one. She fell again. He now, the third person now was a girl. She didn't fall. Instead, her eyes, she was doing like this. Then her eyes just changed. Pointed to me. Say, you! I think we don't know you. You that disturbs us every night without your prayer. Now nah, I started doing 12 midnight prayers. Every night you be disturbing us. We know you. That's your light. You know, you're not used to allow us rest. I said, wait. That tongues I was thinking that, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, I was tormenting them in the night. Kai. It dawned on me that 
unconsciously, without knowing, I had begun to make strides in the spirit. I prayed for her, prayed for her, I said, who will not leave her? Who will kill her? You know when a girl's voice sounds like a man? I know some of you have not seen this kind of thing. Demonic stuff. And look at me. Me that my Christianity is still doing like this. <laughs> so, I was praying for the girl. I didn't understand many, many things then. Who will not leave her? Who will kill her? Who will not leave her? Who will kill her? It was just going like that. After a while, Tuka was in that meeting. So Tuka tapped me and said, Oh God, David, this girl, they die, yo. She's losing breath. She was going like this. Now I was confused. I didn't know what to do again. I said, who's sending me this one now? I said, God, I was just like this thinking. While that was happening, Pastor Emmanuel, our school chaplain, the man we always look down on, because every morning he will come and preach, God said to his servants, he will come and preach. You know those kind of pastors where you are like, oh God. So, strangely, this man walked into the class and said, David, good job. I'm like, how did you know that this was happening? He said, I was in my office and God showed everything happening to, in this class to me. I said, my God. I said, I'm going to help you. He said, do you have anointing oil? I said, I don't have anointing oil. So what can you have? What do you have that we can pray on to pray for her? He said, nothing. He said, okay, bring water. Bring water. He blew on the water. Poured on the lady. Laid hands on her. And she did that. Came back. She was free. I went back home. By the next day, students heard the news. They had gathered. They, they were waiting for me. I came to school and they were like, yes, come, continue, come and continue the meeting. We had day two of the crusade. By the third day, students that would play football normally, we would have brought up and down. We had to use a bigger class because revival has started. Now, I was now sure that if I, leave, if I pray for you, you will fall. Kapatata. I will pray for this one. Since we will start meeting by eight, nine, we will continue meeting till four. Prayer. Fire. At a point, I went back home. I was looking at my hands like this. I said, Jesus, what happened to my hand? What's happening? From then on, my work with God began to grow. Grew and grew. That the same mother that used to want, beg us to do devotion, woke up one night and saw me praying from 12 to 4 a.m. and said, what happened? We have paid your school fees. There's food in this house. We are not suffering. Why are you praying like this? I said, don't worry. There's something in the spirit. She said, okay. (laughs) Gradually, my eyes were were open to Jesus Christ. The gospel began to dawn on me. I deserve to be punished. I deserve to die, but he took my place. Everything suddenly began to make sense. So now, we rejoice in him. Christ is everything to us. And I found out, listen, at a point, many of the people who were my mentors, they started looking at me like, ah, this yawn is too much. Oh. I found out that if a man is not passionate about this thing, there is something wrong with his salvation experience. He may be going to church. Colossians chapter 3. Oh Lord, we thank you for the generator. Colossians 3 from verse 1. Is it, do you, if you are with your Bibles, let's read it. You read something like this. If ye then be risen with Christ. If you are with your Bible, just read out what you have. Uh-huh. Verse 2. Set your affections. Uh-huh. 
So what does verse 1 start with? What's the first word in verse 1? It says, if. It's a conditional statement. It says, if ye then be risen with Christ, set your affections on things above. What is he trying to say? He's saying, if truly you have risen with Christ, how do we know those who are risen with Christ? How do we find out those who are risen with Christ? How can we locate those who are risen with Christ? If ye then be risen with Christ, what will you do? You will set, you will seek those things which are above. Are you with me? So that means, it's not a, a, a thing to be ignored when you see someone who says, I have faith in Christ, but the things of God is nothing but a burden. When he does not without any compulsion, go after the things of God. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Are you with me? So if you are risen with him, what will you do? You will seek those things which are above. Hallelujah. Verse 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. This may look like an instruction, which it is, but it's a flow of thought from verse 1. It says, if ye then be risen with Christ, you will seek those things which are above, where Christ seated at the right hand of God. But not just that. You will also set your affection. Do you know what it means to set your affection? Meaning love. Passion. How many of you remember when there is this soap opera that was raining years ago? Eduardo. Somebody remind me the name now. Eduardo. Then second chance. Hey! Second chance reign. People set affection. People burnt food because of second chance. I'm not, why are you denying me? Didn't you watch second chance? I remember now. Eduardo and Camila. You will see women like this. Hey! What will happen now? What will happen now? What will happen now? There was a time when the entire affection of the whole nation was on super story. Do you understand that? You are, you, on Monday, you may think about super story too much. You think Tuesday is Thursday because it both starts with T. That's what's called affection. Love has entered inside this thing now. You want to always go and watch it. You always want to watch it again and again. Are you not tired? Say, I watch it again. It's called affection. You are setting affection on things. He's telling you that if you are risen with Christ, what will begin to happen is affection will begin to follow. Because Christianity actually, it's a miracle of changed desires. How can you, who one time was hating God, all of a sudden now, you are beginning to love God. What is happening that God has changed your heart? Are you with me? You are risen with him. That's why we couldn't understand our parents. Many times through, in trying times, they are still singing and praising God. When there is plenty, when there is no plenty, they are still praying. Are you with me? They are still going out for evangelism. You, the child, are wondering, what is this about? No, affection has entered. It's just that you are not saved, but you don't know. (laughs) It says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Verse 3. He says, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Your old man is dead. That old self that rejects God is dead. I cannot forget meditating on the scripture one day in my room. For ye are dead, I am dead. I am dead. Somebody passing in the universe said, Oh, God, you dare life, oh. I said, I, I My old man that is dead. Don't you get? Obviously, he did not get. You wanted to yab me. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Amen. 
That's something to celebrate about. My life is hid with Christ in God. My life is hid with Christ in God. My life is hid with Christ in God. Now read verse 4. You would not read it like the way you would read that scripture. Read that thing again. Colossians 3 verse 4. our life. That's where we got Christ's life conference from. He's not just a part of our life. He's not just the center of our life. He is our life. Are you with me? Paul will say, for I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ that liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Kai, when Christ who is our life, Say after me, Christ is my life. Say after me, Christ is my life. Say after me, Christ is my life. But you see, it is true that Christ has become our life. But he begins the scripture with, if ye then. That means, there is something to do to be part of this economy. There is something to do. And we said, what's the condition? Believe the gospel. The gospel is the gateway. To experience this. Romans chapter 1 from verse 16. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. So it is, the, it is that gospel that you believe that will bring you to, into this economy where Christ is your life and you will set your affections on things above, right? So we began teaching about what is the gospel on Friday. Were you blessed? Yes, Having been blessed so far? Yes, we talked about the gospel in his death. Then... On Saturday, we talked about the gospel in his burial. Then we talked about the gospel in his resurrection. Hey, were you blessed yesterday evening? If you missed yesterday evening, child, sorry. I'm serious, that's what I'll tell you. After the word of God, the Holy Ghost now. People should get used to it because you'll be seeing it more. Are you with me? If you see more falling everywhere, scattered, that's, that's New Testament pattern. Praise the Lord. But this morning, I want us to talk about the gospel in his ascension. There's so much I had to teach, but I made up my mind I will compress everything. Praise the Lord. So what and what did we say was the gospel in his resurrection yesterday evening? We said, number one, it is, it, his resurrection is assurance to all men, right? And we said, number two, his resurrection made it possible for us to be born again, right? So we, re- we received new birth and eternal life by his resurrection. Listen, if you are just joining today, please just bear with us. I know a lot has been covered. Just try to catch up. Because can, you, can I tell you something? New breed is not just a Bible-believing church. It is a Bible-teaching church. And there is a slight difference. You can believe the Bible but not teach the Bible. Spiritual growth is the core of what we believe. When last can you say, how do you measure your growth from one level to the other in your work with God? Let me tell you, the story I told you about my personal conversion, it does there it dawned on me that you can be in church for 50 years eh, and you will not change. If there is no pragmatic, intentional way or an objective way to measure your spiritual growth, you will not be growing, you will think you are growing. 
I have been in this church for 20 years. Do you know who I am? No, it's not that. We will check your life. We will check your hunger for the word of God. We will check your desire for spiritual things. Are you with me? We will check your desire for, to grow spiritually. We will check your service. How passionate are you to serve God without any incentive? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, because this church is young, we pioneered this work September 1st, 2019. That's why I keep going back to the basics. I promise the Lord that for the first five years, we will go over the basics again and again and again. Praise the Lord. There are many other things I would have taught. I can come and teach you some mysteries like this. You will go and say, my head, oh, my head. But, uh-uh. the basics. So, we said, number one, the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us assurance. Praise the Lord. Number two, the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us new birth and eternal life. Praise the Lord. And number three, in the resurrection, we see the revelation of God's power for us. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1. So before I go to the gospel in ascension, let me just talk about this last point quickly. Amen. Revelation chapter 1 from verse 18. Paul prayed for the Ephesian church. says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Maybe I'm in a hurry. Let me go over it again. So he's praying for the Ephesian church that they will know from verse 19 what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. So what's happening here? He's trying to say how do you know the kind of power that is available to you? Look at the power that was made available to Christ. Are we together? How do you know the exceeding greatness of God's power that is for you? How do you know that exceeding greatness of power? Look at what he did to Christ. Can you imagine the amount of power that God would have released into Christ to transmutate him from sin into righteousness? Because remember, he became sin by being one with you. I'm sure you've heard that scripture before. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 21. It says, For God had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, how did God make Jesus Christ to be seen? How did God do it? Jesus Christ first of all became flesh. He was God in the flesh, right? We explained that yesterday. But that's enough. Or that alone is not enough to get him to be seen. There must be a point where he will get connected to us. Are you with me? So, by God coming into the flesh, he became a man so that he can die for us. But if he does not connect to us in such a way that he can represent us, he cannot die for us. Are you with me? Do you remember that time when before he went to die, they did what we call the last supper. The last supper. Where he took blood, took, and they were eating. He was caught in a covenant. Blood covenant is saying, I have become you. You have become me. So, like, if you have watched old Nigerian films, when boys and girls love each other, and they never want to separate. This one will take his blood and have a taste of it. Yesterday I said leak. God have mercy. This one will take his blood and have a taste of it. As childish as that thing looks, they have actually cut the covenant. He said, they are saying, I have become you. You have become me. 
That's what blood covenant is. The Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood, right? So when Jesus Christ was saying, this is my body, eat. This is my blood, drink. Spiritually, he was cutting a covenant with them, which we now know as the blood covenant. Are you with me? Why was he doing that? He was doing that so that he can become men. He can represent us. He can become connected to us so strongly that if he dies, then in the spirit we have died. Are you with me? If he's buried in the spirit, we are buried. And if he's resurrecting in the spirit, we resurrect. Are you with me? That's the logic of redemption. Can I tell you something? If Jesus Christ died without the new covenant, his death will not affect us. For the death of Jesus Christ to affect men, that covenant had to be caught. So now, that means from then on till forever, everyone that believes in him comes into the reality of that covenant that he did. So, how did God make him sin? He became one with us. Remember, when Adam sinned, because of Adam's disobedience, Adam became the nature of sin. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us, it says, you were sometimes darkness. We were not just in darkness, we were darkness. Praise the Lord. It says, you were sometimes darkness, but now you are now light in the Lord. So how did Jesus Christ become sin? He became one with us. That's how far he had to go. In order to take our place, he had to become so one with us that if he died, then in the spirit, it will be reckoned as though we died. Because you see, because of our sin, it is us that deserve to die. But God, in order to excuse us from dying and still remain just, he has to put the death on somebody else. Are you with me? Can I tell you something? Your eyes need to be open to the gospel. Maybe you are not serious about God because your eyes has not been opened to see how much he loved you. You know, girls, they used to you see, a girl will tell you, I don't like him, but the way he's always doing things for me, I'm beginning to like him. Have you heard something like that? <laughs> you know what's happening? Love is compelling you. So, God's intention to convert you to his own side, God's way, God's plan to get you to follow him is he wants to demonstrate his love so much that when you see the elaborate picture of what he has done in his love, you say, I surrender. Are you with me? That is why the gospel can never be if you don't repent, you are going to hell. No, it will scare you away. I can't forget preaching one day. I said, if you are not you are going to hell, the man said, let me make a go hell. I was preaching on top of my body. I said, oh God, leave me, I won't go. <laughs> so he became seen by cutting that covenant with us. How did he do it? He, he did it with the apostles that represented all of us. So you will see in Matthew 26, it says, this is the blood of the new covenant for the remission of sins, which is done for many. Who are the many? All of us. Praise the Lord. From then on, his death has now become our death. His burial has become our burial. His resurrection and all the victory in his resurrection has become our resurrection. Are you with me? And his ascension has become ours. Praise the Lord. So but Ephesians is telling you that, listen, do you want to know the amount of power that is available to you? Look at Christ. Christ was complete pitch black sin. Yet, the power of God was able to transmutate him from sin into righteousness to the point where he could sit on the right hand of God and there was no problem. He says, that's the power available to you. He calls it the exceeding greatness of his power. That's why Paul would say in Romans chapter 8, if the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, ah, it will quicken your mortal body. After me, the same spirit dwells in me. 
Psalmist after me the same spirit dwells in me. Praise the Lord. I want you to repair yourself. Today will be a little long. In scamp meeting. Amen. So, quickly, let's rush into the gospel of his ascension. Why must we study the gospel in his ascension? Can we pray? Can we pray? Just close your eyes. Let us pray. If you can pray in tongues, just pray in tongues. I want your spirit man to be open. There's one, two, three of you here. You are here, but you have a lot of questions. Life challenges and different things is weighing you down. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, have recourse. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. So why must we study the gospel in his ascension? Because number one, the gospel is not complete without a revelation of Christ's ascension. Are you with me? You see, the church of Jesus Christ today, they know a lot about the death of Christ. They know a little about the burial of Christ. They have an idea in his resurrection, but they almost know nothing about his ascension. Did you hear what I said? Some people hearing me talk about the God in ascension, they're like, what's that? Are you with me? And as a Bible teaching church, we have a mission to train you in everything that God offers. Praise the Lord. The gospel of Jesus Christ is incomplete without his ascension. Look at the way the apostles even talked about it. You will see that they took it serious. Like the verse of the Bible we just read. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 18. It says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what who believe. Praise the Lord. So after me, the exceeding greatness of power is for me. Because I believe. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Are you seeing that that is ascension there? And set him at where? His own right hand. That's ascension. Jump to Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 4. Ephesians 2 from verse 4. It says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Hallelujah. Verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. Hey, you people miss that. Listen. He says, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. Hi. Hey. Were you there when Christ died? Were you there when Christ died? Were you there when Christ was buried? But he's telling you that as at that time, when he was quickening Christ, in his mind, he was quickening you together with him. Mm. Even when we are dead, in sins, had quickened us together with Christ. Had quickened us together. He did it together. In his mind, it was paripasu. Mm. That's the Greek word there. Together. Together. By grace are you saved. Verse 5. And had raised us up together. Are you seeing it, seeing it again? Sometimes we are raised together. <laughs> and made us sit together. <laughs> Are you seeing it there? He has made us sit together with Christ in heavenly places. Are you seeing that he's including it? He did not just say, oh, we're buried together. He has quickened us together. He said he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Once again, that's ascension. Are you with me? The gospel is ascension. So the apostles took it serious. Then we must. Praise the Lord. Number two. 
the ascension of Jesus Christ was prophesied about as the apex of Christ's work. Holy Spirit, I come against that restriction in the name of Jesus. The ascension of Jesus was prophesied about as the apex of Christ's work. You will see a verse like Psalm 110 from verse 1. It says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. See, let nobody stop you from shouting that glory. Shout it. I said, Shout it. He says, the Lord said unto my Lord. That's David now prophesying. He's seeing the ascension of Christ in the spirit. And saying, the Lord said unto my Lord. Sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Your name is to be hallowed. Adonai. See, if you are still afraid of enemies, maybe you don't understand that there is a mandate from heaven that all the enemies of Christ becomes his footstool. From the day Jesus Christ sat down on that seat in heaven, there is a mandate to ensure that enemies become footstools. Let's pray again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Where did we stop? We said the ascension of Jesus Christ was prophesied about as the apex of Christ's work. Can I tell you something? When it comes to the work of God and ministry, it's not a game. Are you with me? It's not trial and error. Is the power of the Spirit. I've known God long enough. Listen, I've known God long enough that I believe in miracles. All kinds of miracles healings, divine provision, divine deliverance, all kinds of miracles. Two years ago, our camp meeting, I won't call out the person because this person is here. A young man came for the program and he had what looked like gonorrhea in his private part. And I didn't even know about it. So we just kept on having the service and I was laying hands on everybody. I laid hands on him and left. He said, when I laid hands on him and left, he felt like somebody walked to his ear and told him, you have a new body. I've given you a new body. And he turned and he didn't see anybody. I've given you a new body. So as the months were going on, he discovered that that thing that looked like gonorrhea began to peel off and fall. Till everything peeled off and fell on the ground. I've seen such testimonies again and again. In Lagos Church, if there are testimonies, mark them. Praise the Lord. All the other ones, people know more of them, Right? Not to to start calling them out. You know of them. We are big on healing. We are big on divine open doors. In fact, when it comes to prosperity, open doors. See, we have certificates there. 
when somebody is telling you that, Pastor, a day before, a day after camp, camp meeting impartation, you pray for him and you tell him, oh, God will open doors for you. And two days later, he gets an interview. Four days later, he gets another interview. Six days later, he gets another interview. Now he has two, three jobs. He had to now choose one, so he's doing two jobs. From being paid 100,000 to being paid 670,000. It's not because there's a great man, but because there's a great God. Did you hear what I said? Do you believe in the great God? Say after me, I believe. So we said that the ascension of Jesus was prophesied about as the apex of Christ's work. Number three, the ascension of Jesus reveals the ministry of Jesus today. As it is important for us to know about Christ's incarnation, Christ's death, Christ's burial, God wants us to know even much more about his ascension. Christ's death, Christ's burial, Christ's resurrection, I missed that out. He wants us to know about his ascension even much more. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians 5. Let's read it together. Say after me, I'm blessed. Say after me, I'm blessed. Say after me, I'm blessed. All the walls around me have crumbled. Say after me, all the walls around me have crumbled. I have moved forward. I am fruitful. I am productive. These hands are blessed. I have received my miracle. Amen. Glory. Second Corinthians 5. From verse 15. We're trying to say God wants you to understand his ascension even much more. Because the ascension reveals even Christ's work today. Hallelujah. Everybody read one, two, three, go. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Are you seeing that? Read it again. Verse 15 again. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. So he's saying, after Christ died and rose again, he doesn't just want the knowledge of Christ to be based on what he was when he was in the flesh before dying. Are you with me? So we know no man after the flesh. He wanted to know him after the order of resurrection, which consequently affects ascension. Are you with me? So you know him deeper in resurrection and much more ascension. So, the gospel in the ascension reveals the present day ministry of Christ. Are you with me? It reveals the present position of the spirit in Christ's work. For instance, on a, on a Monday, what does Christ do? Have you ever thought about that? Okay, Christ has died, Christ was buried, he resurrected. So like tomorrow, what will Christ be doing? What is his job profile like? Or is he just sitting down in heaven and saying, this angel, sing on. Hallelujah. Jesus, there is one in Ukraine. I'm coming. Sing another one. Hallelujah. 
Jesus, I will come on you. Sapa won't kill us. I'm coming. Hallelujah. Is that what he's doing? There's more. So the ascension, the gospel in the ascension reveals what Christ is doing today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So quickly, what is the gospel in his ascension? I have to jump many things because of our time. So quickly, what is the gospel in his ascension? Number one, in Christ's ascension, we receive eternal redemption. Sometimes I receive eternal redemption. I receive eternal redemption. What do we mean by this? We mean that, that our sins have been purged at the justice system of God. Meaning, at the very throne of God, our sins are no longer there. Why? Because Christ's blood has purged them out. Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 3. He says, talking about Jesus Christ, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Say amen. So before he sat down, what did he do? He purged our sins. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 11. It says, But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, not about the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in, in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Having obtained what? For us. Let's look at another verse of the Bible quickly. You will like this one. Hebrews 10 verse 11. Hebrews 10 11. 1, 2, 3, go. 1, 2, 3, go. Hebrews 10 verse 11. Pause. He's talking about the Old Testament priests. He's saying, and every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. So, even though the Israelites were offering the blood of bulls and the blood of goats and the blood of sheep and calf and everything, even though God was saying, okay, it is covering it, he's trying to tell you that it was not taking away the sins. Are you with me? It lacks the potency. It lacks the power to take away sins. Verse 12. But this man, I like the way this one started. This same man, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, Kai, he does not need to be doing it daily. One sacrifice. One sacrifice. But this man, say after me, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Glory! Verse 13. 
from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Do you remember where we read in Psalms 110? Remember? See the continuity here in, in Hebrews. Verse 14. Verse 14. For by one offering he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. So that means the work of Christ in his ascension when he pushed our sins has perfected us forever. Are you with me? Sometimes I'm perfected forever. Because at the justice system of God, my sins have been purged. Let me tell you something here. The gospel is ascension here. Most people don't really understand it. Do you know why? Because it has to do with spiritual reality. So they're like, what is the good news? That my sins are the justice system of God has been purged. Do you know what it means? Have you ever had a kind of situation where you had a problem with the federal government and there was a case filed against you? Are you with me? And because of how delicate the issue was or how serious the matter was, the file was now moved to Abuja. (laughs) Are you with me? Then you are the person that had the dispute. You went to court. In court, after they did the first court sitting, um, you won. But the guy has long leg and he has put it to some top men in Abuja and they have made up their mind that they will deal with you. Do you know that even though you have won on ground, if that fire does not leave Abuja, you are still in problem. <laughs> are you with me? But when you cannot finally go to Abuja and meet all the stakeholders involved and you clear yourself and say, see, this is not how the matter is. See what the court has said. Are you with me? And people go back and forth and all of a sudden, they say, "Mm, there's no need. You finally clear it. That's when you are truly one. So after Christ died on the earth, buried and resurrected, if he does not go to the heavens to deal with that thing, the matter has not finished. Because as long as it is still in God's front, that the sin is there, the eternal damnation for men, there's a problem. So, he goes to the heavens and says, Father, I died for them. I took their place. And the Lord is like, yes. Yes. So right now, are we ready? Let's deal with this thing. And he destroys. The devil can no longer come and accuse you again. You know, Sometimes the, spirit, the Bible is a very spiritual book. What do you think would have given the devil in, in Job's time the legal rights to come into God's presence? Are you with me? Remember that time in the book of Job, they said that when the sons of God were gathering, the devil came in and began to accuse Job. What gave him that right? Is this thing we're talking about? Uh-huh. The reason why that can happen is because legally man has sinned against God and he had sold himself under treason to the devil. So the devil had the right that man had. Are you with me? He could walk into God's court and accuse man because legally he's under, man is under his dominion, right? But after there is this redemption and our sins have been paused, the devil no longer has that right. So in God's presence, if you like, let the devil come and say, hey, you are a sinner, you are this, you are that, God says they are perfect. He said, how do you know they are perfect? See Jesus. Jesus is taking their place. The devil cannot go there and say, oh, look at this one. He has done this. He has done that. No, no, no. By one sacrifice, he has perfected forever. 
He has perfected forever. So, but pastor, I'm still struggling with sin. In the heavens, he has perfected you. On ground, his spirit is working on you. So you are struggling, but he's working on you to be exactly what you look like in the heavens. Because according to God's picture in that heavens, you are perfect. Are you with me? Does it make sense now? Satan, the devil cannot accuse me. I am perfect before him. By the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, he calls me perfect. Satan, he calls me perfect. And if God calls you perfect, who can accuse you? Praise the Lord. Number two, we have received authority because of his ascension. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15. Ephesians 1 verse 15. It says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, <laughs> cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. It's like we have read the scripture almost a thousand times. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Say amen. Now, pay attention now. Verse 21. Far above all principality. So, that throne of Christ is far above. All principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Say amen. amen. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Does that make sense? What's he trying to say? He's saying, God gave Jesus Christ to be head over all things, not because of him, but for the church. Are you with me? So, that enthronement of Jesus Christ in the heavens, and God made him to be head over all things, was because of the church. Are you with me? Over all things of the church, verse 23, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. Wait, that means the church is actually the one fills up Christ. The church is the fullness of Christ. For Christ to be complete, he needs the church. Hmm. He is the head, we are his body. Are you with me? If your head wrote an exam and passed and they were giving you a prize for it, will you get there and say, no, I don't want to use my hand, I want to use my head. Because it's my head that wrote. Is that what you would do? Will you say, oh, let me, not, let me not use my hand and collect the prize. Let me use my head and collect the prize because it's my head that the information came out from. No. So that's the same thing. Christ has won the victory. He is the head. But we that are the church, we are his body. The victory of Christ has belonged to us. Are you with me? So also, Christ has won the victory. His head. Jesus is the head of the church, right? He has won the victory. But the body and the hand is part of the body is what executes his victory. So the authority that the head has, the hand executes. Say after me, I'm the body of Christ. I am part of the body of Christ. So the work of Christ in his ascension is that we have received authority also. Praise the Lord. And this authority that Christ has received is encapsulated in a button called his name. Are you with me? Philippians 2 from verse 8. 
It says, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him. <laughs> hey! That's ascension here. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that's at the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow. He has given him a name that is above every name. It's above arthritis. It's above sickness and infirmity. Are you with me? God has given him a name which is above every name. So, the authority that Christ has won has been given to the church but has been encapsulated in his name. Say after me, I have the name of Jesus. It is my weapon. So, we have authority in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 4. Still under authority. Let's read from verse 3 so you get the idea. It says, Who being the brightness of his glory, talking about Jesus, that Jesus is the brightness of God's glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, how? When he had by himself pushed our sins. Are you seeing this again? Pushed our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Wow. Look at Jesus. He did not allow himself to sit down until he pushed your sins first. So, if Jesus Christ, before he rested, he ensured he pushed your sins, do you think that he, he will not be bothered if you are going through something? Before he sat down, he said, I will push their sins first. Verse 4. Being so much better than the angels, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So those who say they are praying to Angel Michael, they are praying to Angel Mulumba, they are praying to Angel whatever. No, you pray in the name of Jesus because he has a more excellent name than they. Are you with me? His name is more excellent. <laughs> Why? Because he by inheritance received it. How did he receive it by inheritance? Verse 5. Verse 5. It says, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. So remember yesterday that, we, that this verse, when he said, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, was said at his resurrection. So when he was rising and he was saying, This day, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, he was rising into his inheritance. And as he was rising into his inheritance, you were also inside him. So his inheritance is your inheritance. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Am I too fast? Should I explain more? If you want me to explain more, just use your hand and give me sign. Okay. Everybody look. God bless you. We are preaching together. Acts 13 verse 33. I was about to show you something there. Okay, before we go to Acts 13, go to Psalms chapter 2. Psalms chapter 2 from verse 7. This is what book? The book of what? Psalms. The book of what? The book of what? Psalms. Psalms chapter 2 from verse 7. What does it read, everybody? It says, I will declare a decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. You may read the scripture and think that that was the day Mary gave birth to Jesus. But as you study the Bible, you will find something else. Go to Acts chapter 13 from verse 32. Praise the Lord. I can feel somebody saying, Oh man, this church, they like Bible. Chineke, Bible, Bible, Bible. I can feel somebody saying that. Oh man, 
Acts 13 verse 32. It says, and we declare unto you glad tidings. How that the promise which was made unto the fathers. Everybody continue reading verse 33. God had fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Oh, he's quoting Psalms chapter 2. He's saying that when the scripture was fulfilled, it was actually when Christ was being raised. Are we together? He said, oh, that this day I have begotten thee was when he was being raised. As he was being raised, he was raised as a son into his inheritance of a new name. That's what Hebrews chapter 1 verse 4 is telling us, that he received a more excellent name that day that God said, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And don't forget, because of the new covenant, you and him are one. So, when he received a new name,